0: Welcome to the Rabbitoh's Top 4 Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitoh's. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato, and Jeremy Monaghan.
1: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Rabidos Top 4 Podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan, I'm the media manager here at the Rabbitohs. I'd like to welcome my regular co-host Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are you, Ella? Hello.
2: Very well, Jess. Uh, not as good as you. I didn't get the extra half hour sleep that you got this morning that we've missed out on, but that's okay.
1: I, I got the extra half hour sleep also during the judiciary hearing last night, but oh. <laughs> yes, speaking of which,
3: you blokes, honestly, give you one job, one job. Come. Anyway, send boys to do a man's job, I guess. Shannon, don't start. <laughs> no,
0: it was farcical.
3: Farcical. Uh, anyway. as, as we head
1: into the the something I've learned this week, I'm going to kick off on that note. A 9pm judiciary hearing on a Tuesday night is no good when you've got a 7am recording time for a podcast on a Wednesday morning. Yes. Sorry if I sound like I'm slurring my words and I'm half asleep, <laughs> but that's the uh, that's what we're facing this morning.
2: Well, I'll carry on on that, Jez, and I, I don't say this to pull apart the NRL. But what last night showed me was that the actual sanctions for for you know, misdemeanours in the game needs to be looked at very closely. Mm. I mean, um, we had an incident last night. I know Charles had a few um, you know, incidents in the past that gave him loading. But for him to miss four weeks now, for an incident in a game where the uh, the other player – David Knopfler, there's nothing, nothing against him. He he went through, played the whole game. Um, then 90 seconds to two minutes after the incident, had the sense of mind to catch the kickoff and straddle the sideline to get a penalty. Now, there's no sign of any HIA, there's no sign of injury, yet uh, the force was deemed more than moderate. Um, so Luttrell misses four matches. We go back... Uh, a few rounds, and everybody knows the incident—the uh, Melbourne back rower with that with that injures Madison in the tackle. He gets two weeks. Madison has not played now in the game for it's five or six weeks now. Um, just tell me where the consistency is yeah. in that.
1: There, uh, there was a lot out. Of, like I actually enjoy going into the judiciary because it's something a bit different, and you you hear the legal arguments and all that sort of stuff, I actually like sitting there listening to it. And I don't think, well, any of us, when we went back into that room last night after the arguments were said, I don't think any of us were, um, could, could have been any more confident because it just made sense to me. Things need to make sense. It's just, we've talked about this before, Shannon, I'm a very logical type person. Yes. If something doesn't make doesn't make sense, then I just don't get it. I just don't understand how it could be possible. You're probably talking to the, the wrong trip.
2: guy there about making sense. Right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say, um, Sam Kikovich agrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you know it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah. you're
2: right. It's funny. Last year, they spoke about streaming the judiciary live to the public. Mm. And I think it's a good idea. It should happen. Yeah. Because, you know, you go in there and listen to the arguments – uh, for and against, um, you know, we don't go in there unless we think we're going to win. It's a waste of time. I mean, mm. have a have a look at last night. We know if we don't win this, Latrell's going to get four weeks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you you listen to the arguments in there and we come out and unfortunately you've got Nick Gabargo, oh, I've done my best, I hope. You're going in hope.
1: Yeah, I, I, what I would like, so you spoke really well to the media afterwards and spoke on behalf of Luttrell and the club. What I reckon would probably be helpful too, pro- probably from the uh, judiciary and match review panel's point of view, is an explanation on why they thought it was a grade two because I couldn't have been any more confident that, that Nick Gabar had explained why, why it was a grade one. Um, so I reckon it would probably be helpful to have... And and probably not the chairman, because as we know, the chairman isn't involved in the decision and Jeff Jeff Bely is a f- fantastic man and oh, the, has, the
2: perfect person he is
1: to, to run the show. But it's probably um, there's there's a rotating panel of three former players that are on the judiciary panel and I think it'd be helpful if at some stage they explained why they deemed it to be a grade two or a grade three or a grade one in whatever decision they make because you walk in there, for, for those that don't know, because they wouldn't have been in there because, he as he said, it's not live streamed, you come back into the room after they've deliberated and made their verdict and all they say is guilty or last night it was we deemed it a grade two and everyone walks out of the room and you're like... How?
0: Why? <laughs> yeah, you yeah.
1: just don't know why. So I reckon it'd be helpful whether one of them spoke at the time or whether they put out an explanatory note afterwards out to the the clubs or on nrl.com or something like that as to as to why they think that they why they deemed it a grade two as opposed to some other incidents um, which you see that are grade ones or don't even get charged. It
2: either. was a really difficult situation for us last night too because there were two other charges given against Luttrell. Yeah, and the impact of those charges had an impact on, on that one. this one as well. That's right. Um, you know, in Latrell's incident when Garner scored the try, when he slid in with his knees, I mean – you've and, only got, to, got
1: his shoelaces. Yeah,
2: yeah, but you've only got to look at it. Garner, <laughs> Garner was so close to the dead ball line. Latrell's going to try and get him across there. If he gets there quick enough, he can lift you up and carry him over. Yeah. He doesn't make it, but he slides yeah. in with his knees. Was there contact? There might have been. Yeah. Yeah. We accepted the charge. Yeah. Right? Then, you know, there's other incidents, as Ami's reported, that, that have gone unchecked. Hmm. There's there's a the Cronola player uh scores a try in a match and gets kneed in the head, physically gets up holding the back of his head, right? Because he's injured in the in the in the uh from the knee. Yeah. No charge. Yeah. Yeah, no no charge. Well, some things that don't make sense. <laughs> as, as 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 we're saying, we don't want any
3: favouritism.
2: No. We just want an even playing field. That's, that's all we're asking. Just want it to be right. Yeah.
3: To your point, Jez, I think a clarification on the reasons for the grading would. Abate any um, misconceptions around yeah. um, inconsistencies, and say, yeah, like, "Okay, right. well, the reason we grade this one a uh, grade one is because of this, and this yeah. one's a grade two because of this." And then people say, "Oh, okay," but without that, the people just struggle to understand. That's right. What is perceived as inconsistent yeah. rulings.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it might be something that they look at in the future. So, is that what you learnt this week, Ella? Yeah, but let, yeah.
2: let's be fair. I'll just go back to it. Yeah. It's a, it's a really difficult. Area of the game. Oh, a it's hard. a really difficult area of the game. There's no right or wrong, but um, I think more feedback needs to be taken yeah. from from the vast group in the game that can provide it and, and try and get that consistency yeah. and get that level of uh, just fairness across the game. Yeah, sounds good. That's what I've learned, Jess, yeah. Yeah. Shannon, learn a lot, hello. This week <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not to bother texting you every morning when you ask if you want a coffee yeah you know, <laughs> <them an> <laughs> I'm pissed off this morning at his mate. <laughs> and then you say, oh, did you text me, did you? Say, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Thanks,
3: <laughs> Jeez, he's waking up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. We found out last week
1: Shannon sends his text via email somehow. <laughs> I don't know how he did. <laughs> you did that last week. I'll teach
3: you one day. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Once I work it out myself, I'll teach you. Very good. Uh, what well, I learnt this week. Um... Is that, you know, I've heard lots of people saying, and in the media, that it's a competition of haves and have nots, and, you know, the top half of the competition are, you know, streets ahead and daylight ahead of, uh, you know, the the teams at the bottom half of the competition. But we saw, you know, we we played quite solidly um, against the Tigers on Saturday night. We weren't weren't terrible, and they're a side that people have been putting in the sort of second half of the competition. And I, I think you know, what I learned is if you don't turn up 100% playing your best football, you get beat in this competition. It's not like, you know, in the Premier League, you've got the same three sides, four sides every year, same in the NFL, your daylight's ahead of anyone else. In this competition, you've got to turn up, you've got to be 100% on, and if you're just slightly off your game, you're a chance of getting beat regardless of who you play. And that's a great thing for our game, you know, That's that's a great thing, you know. Certainly made for an exciting finish on Saturday Yeah, night. it
1: did. What, what an amazing finish it was. I guess it's been lost a little bit in the in the judiciary stuff, but that was just an unbelievable finish.
3: Outrageous. To, Absolutely to, wasn't outrageous. It, wasn't I, it? I, I, in all my years of following football, I hadn't seen anything like it. And I was sort of watching our members and their members, and nobody knew whether to cheer or not. They're waiting for the replays. And it just could have heard a pin drop, yeah. and then they've all gone up right at the end. It was it was a fantastic spectacle particularly yeah. to come out on the right side of the yeah. ledger it, it, I,
2: I've, yeah i've never experienced yeah you know, two wildly different emotions yeah. within, within such a small amount of time I, well, I think Tommy scored, and you know, like all of Tommy's tries, we think he scored, but yeah. we're, we're not sure <laughs> if, he, you know, if he has. But, yeah, to his credit, he told the boys, "I've, I've got it." And then, but then the boys turned around and watched, like all of us, watch Luke Brook running down the mm. running down the field. Yeah. And when the referee awarded the try, which he 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 handled the situation very well. He did. he did. He, it he did. Yeah. He did a great job. He did a great job. And I've since looked at a bit of the video footage. He couldn't see the ground because the post, the goal post, obscured him. So um, yeah, and then then it comes up try on the on the big screen. The crowd went wild. and Two points. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic very good. It was night. very good.
1: Right. Well, let's hook into our first uh, top four topic for the morning. It's the top four unsung heroes that you've played with. We'll kick off with you, Ella.
2: Thanks, Jess. Um yeah, I think I'd have to say Michael Andrews is probably the you know, the most unsung hero that I played in in my career. Um Mick he he just used to it was like an ever ready battery. Mm. Yeah, and when he got out on the field he he just turned up everywhere. He didn't get a lot of, you know, praise for what he did apart from the players. But he wasn't the guy winning the awards of every year and or yeah, you know, getting the points each week but yeah you know, he just turned up he he top the tackle count he'd be there and you know if there was a half break made from the opposition he'd stop them but um and it was funny if if you had have come and watched us train during the the off season Mick was the worst runner like long yep. longer distance runner of anyone in in the place you know um but he'd get out on the field and he'd just carve it up actually one day we were at uh Training at um, Centennial Park. We used to, you know, the lakes and that of Centennial Park. we used to do laps around there. We'd go forever, you know. And and one thing with Mickey, never cut anything short either. He always did it all up, but you always go. But the thing was, he'd be still going, everyone had left, right? He still hadn't finished, so he he got a really, uh, worked up a really good relationship with the caretaker of Centennial Park. (laughs) So, just. Well, he used to be quite fond of being the caretaker until, you know, he had to wait and lock the gates. <laughs> <laughs> so that sort of that sort of dropped off a bit as we went on. But, uh, no, Mick Mick was magnificent. Uh, he's still doing a great job. He's involved in the club now, obviously, on member care board um, You see him today. You see the passion he has for the place. Yep. And it's, uh, it's outstanding. But, yeah, he's definitely the number one. Number two, I'd say, would be Ross Harrington. Um, you know, he wasn't your fashionable sort of winger, but Mm. no one from any other team wanted to tackle him when he charged on the ball. You hear about players uh, today, we talk about coming off the back fence. He was just incredible. He'd come charging onto the ball and and just get us out of a lot of tough situations. Um, He was a real competitor. He used to, uh, when he'd score a try, uh, he used to be well rewarded when he got home. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he, he yeah, but again, would go unnoticed in a team at the time, like he he was there you know, in all all our our good teams of the eighties and particularly the eighty nine team he was he was there, as was Mick. Um now that, I didn't actually play with this guy, but I, I'd have to say Luke Stewart. Um you know, to to go to go through a segment like this and not not mention Luke Stewart in this category in our club I think would uh, be remiss. Yeah. Um, you know, he played in a time when this club really struggled, as we all know, and he'd turn up every week and just get his job done. and try and inspire the boys and again, like all these unsung heroes, the people that are out on the field playing with them understand the job they do. Yeah. Uh, whereas sometimes the people watching the game and from other clubs Etc. don't understand it. Yeah. But I remember Luke's – I was coaching second grade here and Luke Stewart got dropped and I just couldn't believe it, you know, and and he came back and he was just – you know, to second grade training and training with the boys, didn't miss a beat, was the best player in the field for second grade and the first grade lost. Yep. They worked out it wasn't the reason they lost. Luke Stewart certainly wasn't the reason they lost. He reinstated next week and I'd say that was probably the only second grade game he played at South Sydney. Mm. Um he just to clean it up all the time. Um, another unsung hero, boy called David Crookshank. Right, he, he used to play fullback for us, and uh, again, just a player that put his body on the line every week. He's a real character around the team. He used to get up a bit of mischief here and there, yeah. You know, but everyone just loved having him there, and they knew they knew he wasn't the guy getting the headlines every week, but you know. He put his body on the line if if Big Noel Cleal made a break or something like that. He'd throw himself in front of him as the last line of defensive fullback. Uh, he was always on the ball. He, he, you know, if there's a grubber kick coming through, the test of anyone in the game is to if they're going to dive on it when there's people chasing, and they can get a knee or a boot in their head. He'd do that, and uh, but he'd just do it as a part of what his job was. And there, um, yeah. there you go. Very good. Very
3: good. Very good nominations. I know three of those guys really well. Mickey Andrews, Ross Harrington and Luke Stewart played with Baz as well. And um, you're right, L.A., they're just – uh, three of the hardest working players and but also three of the nicest guys you'll ever meet too. Mm. You know, Mick Andrews, as well as sitting on the board and being an unsung hero there, also sits on the old boys committee. He does so much for the club, um around the club and particularly the members. Roscoe is just exceptional company, fantastic fella. Anytime the club has anything and calls on him, he comes down from Lithgow at the drop of a hat and baz Luke Stewart, you know, he's just Absolute champion guy and um, always when the club's caught on him to this day, he's always put his hand up as well. So uh, some fantastic fellas there as well.
1: I remember recently there was a rumour about um, Roscoe that he'd won Lotto. Yes. <laughs> I think he did. I, did. I was just thinking... <laughs> he it from everyone, mate. <laughs> but, but I remember thinking at the time... Is there anyone
2: better that I could think of to win lotto? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll
3: tell you what, I'd, I'd love to own a pub in Nithgow if, if Roscoe did win lotto. I tell you, there's, there's only one
2: person I could think better of, and that was me. Yeah,
3: <laughs> maybe two. Raylene, oh, yes. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we couldn't tell her, Jeff. <laughs> uh, that's,
3: that's like the bloke he comes home one day to his missus, <laughs> and he he says to her, oh, "Thank you, too I love, but I, just, I got some news for you." She said, "What?" We've won a lotto He goes You're kidding lot lotto Yeah One lotto He goes That's it I'm taking my half And I'm out of here Putting up with your crap For 28 years He said Good We won division three Here's your $4.40 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, very good. Very good.
1: I also love Luke Stewart's nickname, Baz.
0: Short yeah,
3: for yeah. Barry
1: Blow Wave. Yeah, yes.
3: <laughs> and it was ironic good. because he, poor, poor fellow, he, he started to be a bit follically challenged he towards the end of his career. I'm happy to give him a transplant from my shoulders if he likes. <laughs> There's plenty there. Uh, very good. <laughs> got to say, plenty to get out of your back. <laughs>
2: very
3: good. Here's my wife's so Hang on new, oh. <laughs> oh, dear.
2: Oh, dear. Oh Can we yeah, cut that one out? Well, that's a grade two. <laughs>
1: grade uh, two, terrible joke. That's almost a sin. <laughs> with well, I'll give you a tip for the grade
3: two. I'm not letting Ella defend me. I'm going in by <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very. Shannon, your four unsung heroes. Okay. Um one of them, again, he's a guy from just near Lithgow, actually, from O'Leary, Wang. he grew up out there. He's, he's Michael Francis, Mick Francis. He um, he, he was an Australian schoolboy. He was a um, great player. Played for the Rabbitohs between 1993 and 1998. Um, and then after that, went over to England and played for the London Broncos for a few years over there as well. But Mick... Um, was one of those guys, he could just absolutely hit like an axe. Like, you know, we talk about, you know, um, maybe Peter Johnson or um, I'm trying to think of the the big fella that played in the the 70s and the 80s. um, Charlie Frith. Charlie Frith, yeah, Charlie Frith, is up in Queensland now. He rattled a few cages. He he? he could hit. Mm. I'm telling you, Mick Francis could hit as well as anybody I played with. But he also had that sort of Martin Lang wind-up where he just – he'd wind up and just charge at him so he could hit and run and he was always as a hooker I always felt safer playing with with a guy like Mick Francis um and he was very very underrated his body fell apart he was probably his body was sorry his heart was writing checks that his body couldn't cash you know he was just he was just all hard on the field and his buddy's body just started to fall apart but he's been fabulously successful post football as well he owns a a massive um, recycling business up there in, in Newcastle that's doing gangbusters and also a successful uh, boxing promoter with um, Tasman Fighters as well. Mm. So, yeah, Mick France is definitely um, one of the toughest and most under underrated players I played with. Another guy that came out of the same school as as, as Mick originally, out of a St. Greg's boy that came here to South and he played. Uh, from 1995 and 1997 and was an Australian schoolboy like me. Actually, two years running because he went to Greggs for year 11 and, and Pedro de Marist or Champagnet as it is now in year, year 12 and I played with him and came through the grades and that's Peter Driscoll. Um, Pete Pete would just do... The blonde head. The blonde yeah, head, the snowy headed there. guy. Yeah, yeah. He would just do, you know, 30 hit-ups a game, 40, 50 tackles a game and he'd and still your be... your homework at school. That's <laughs> yes. what he <you> like <laughs> <laughs> Pete, Pete did a lot of my work on the field. I will give you the tip. He was no good for homework. <laughs> homework was not his strength. <laughs> That's probably where I could carry my own. <laughs> the only way well, you carry it home. Okay.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, he was a he was a great player. Uh, Pete, very very uh, underrated. So um, yeah, I, I remember in 1995 he. Um, it's not something that would be condoned now talking about the judiciary he picked up steve Jajalis and just slammed him on his head he got about four weeks or something for that but he was just strong and aggressive and just going hard at the end of the game as he was in the beginning the third i've mentioned before and i actually just mentioned earlier was the great marty lang marty lang again 30 hit ups would just be going hard his effort in the 2003 Grand Final against the Roosters, I think he took on their forward pack single, single-handedly just about and, um, and and decimated them. And One of the ones when people sort of forget about, but when you mention it, they go, that's right, uh, is he chased down Rod Wishart in a State of Origin game. Do you remember that? He was playing for Queensland. Wishart was away for all money. Mm. Martin was a front row. I probably just done 20, 20 tackles. And he chased him down because he actually had a bit of speed once he wound up, Marty. And, and that just typified his effort in all games. He just went and went and went. And he was was all heart. So Marty Lang, you know, played in some really good sides. And he had superstars like E.T. and Girdler and Gower. But he was he was very underrated, Marty. But he, he added a lot to every team he played for. And my fourth is to come back to a uh, rabbit Uh He's a guy from the Central Coast. Um, he was like a young Arthur Beetson. His name's Adam McEwen. Cuey was a good mate of mine. Um, he was um, Indigenous, he's Aboriginal like um, Artie was. He had a similar similar frame, sort of big barrel-chested, um, carried a little bit away. He's probably fitter now than when he was playing, but he was just such a talented footballer, Adam McEwen. He, I don't know whether you remember him. He had just ball skills. But again, at that time at South, we didn't have much experience, and he was a young guy come up to – to, to first grade. He was thrown into first grade really young, and I think that took his, took its toll on his body, and that's why um, most of these guys didn't have any longevity besides Martin. You know, Peter Driscoll, Mick Francis, Adam McEwen came into first grade very young, you know, front rowers, tough positions, and their body just didn't handle it, but Huey, when he was there, he was outstanding. I remember he was leading the Norwich Rising Star one year, and... Um, I remember him taking on the Knights and having a whale of a game against people like Paul Harrigan. But he was 19, and unfortunately, you know, it's, it's such a tough game that they, you know, it shortened their shelf life in terms of their playing careers. But Adam McEwen was one of the most skillful um, ball playing big, and he went on a, another guy who's been really successful at post football. He got a masters at UNSW in public health. He's um, he got his bachelor degree before that. He's he's coached at various clubs. Um, and I think he's at Manly now coaching, but he's coached at the Warriors and the Roosters previously. A really good football brain and smart guy off the field and. And all four of those guys are fantastic fellas. People probably never heard of them. That's why they're unsung heroes. That's but, right. But they're absolutely um, fantastic fellas and all um, fantastic footballers as well.
1: You know, and every team needs guys like, like that, don't they? Like, there's the old adage that a, a team of superstars will never beat a, a superstar team. And it's guys like that that make superstar teams because they're willing to get in there and do the hard work that some other people probably aren't.
3: Well, yeah, they, like L.O. El, like and I. Yeah, that's yeah,
1: yeah.
2: right. <laughs> they they, they galvanise the team, you know, with their, their acts that they do on the field. And, yeah, you talk about that and I remember him. He didn't get a lot of chance, as much chance to show his skills as he would have because – Back in those days, you had to win the ball from the scrums, yep. and the hooker was responsible for that. And <laughs> You didn't win much football back in the day, <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, I knew where that was going. He's had a good 10
3: minutes <laughs> yeah. that one while we've talking. He's <laughs> delivered it. The sad thing is, uh, <laughs> as Homer Simpson would say, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, very good. Well, that was a good segment. Some uh, Bringing back some names that we may not have thought about for a while. And that's what we're, uh, we're about here. But we'll, we'll go to our first break now. Now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, it's located down at Heffron Park Tennis Centre on Bunurong Road in Maroubra. And if you can't make it down there, make sure you check it all out online at shop.rabbitohs.com.au. And all the talk this week, Shannon, has been about our Anzac Round jerseys, which were released recently. We saw them unveiled yesterday in our media session. The, The sky blue jersey that we're wearing this week, it's very unique, but it's there to celebrate 100 years of the Royal Australian Air Force.
3: Absolutely, yeah. As i have said previously, you know we've we've celebrated the defence forces and typically that's been around the army, but the RAAF 100 years. It's a fitting tribute to those guys this year, and um, uh, it's certainly been a bit polarising, you yeah. know, because it's certainly not our red and green. It is something different, but I think it's a it's a fitting tribute in Anzac Anzac round, and um, I think the boys are. I've been inspired by it. So hopefully they they show that on the field on the weekend.
1: Tommy Burgess just made a great point yesterday. He said uh, it is a very different jersey. He hopes that guys like Gags and Jaden Sewer and that don't mind wearing it. (laughs) (laughs) And then then he said uh, Wayne did give it the tick of approval. So (laughs) the king of the Queenslanders (laughs) has said it's okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it does look like a bit of a New South Wales origin jersey. Um, Speaking of which, in Queensland, the. the Anzac round, our game's actually played on, on the Gold Coast, but our merchandise van's going to be up there. It's travelling all the way up there because we know a lot of our members and supporters will want to buy the um, the Anzac jersey after they've seen the team play. So keep an eye out for the, the merchandise van just outside of the stadium up there uh, on the weekend as well. You'll be able to pick up your Anzac jersey there.
1: Yeah, very good. And we and we farewelled one of the key members of the merchandise team this week, Matt Matt Perrison moving on after, I think he said, six years. So we wish him the best with whatever he goes on to next.
3: Yes, it'll be interesting to see what he goes on next yeah. He's certainly a character. He's our mate, Matty, Matty Perison, and so is so his uh, alter ego, uh, Paddy Merison. <laughs> um, I think we can let the cat out of the bag now. <laughs> now that he's gone. Yeah, you know, he's a friendly guy. I know lots of the members like seeing him when they would go into store, and, you know, he'd always greet them warmly and – and always had plenty of time to talk about the Rabbitohs, and was a passionate man. So, yeah, we wish uh, Matty Perrison and Patty Morrison all the best. Yeah,
2: very <laughs> good. Regas, that might be a good top four.
3: <laughs> that would be,
2: actually. That would be a
1: very good one, especially after you drop me. Mick Bobgey in it last (laughs) (laughs) week and 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 he's four personalities anyway make sure you head down to the Heffron Park Tennis Centre and check out the Rabbitohs merchandise store there or shop online at at shop.rabbitohs.com.au Music Now, speaking of the Anzac Round jerseys and unique jerseys, our next topic is the top four best or most iconic jerseys that you have seen. And we'll start with you this time, Shannon.
3: Okay. But while we're still on the merch, I want to say how good LA looks in that um, Rabbitohs hoodie, the the new green hoodies that we've got in store. They, they look fantastic. Um, I think they'll sell really well. I I'm not sure if elo has got He's from um, boat camping and fishing from the tent <laughs> section or not. Uh, he looks, looks fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd ch- they charge you double for that one. There's that uh, much fabric you- in it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I found it on the back of your chair in your office. That's why I put it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so it almost sounded
3: like you are a bit apologetic after bagging you. Back, oh, yeah. You sort of pulled I knew over. something was coming there. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Iconic jerseys. Uh, the kangaroo jersey is always iconic, so I'm not going to mention that. But I just want to give that an honourable mention. In um, Vossy did a really good job of covering it. But John Kuzak wore it. The the actor in um, not related to Pete Kuzak at all, but uh, John Kuzak, famous U.S. actor, actor, wanted it, wore it. In the sure thing, and it was really random because it was way back then when you know rugby league wasn't international, and he 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 just turned up in this movie in this kangaroo's jersey. and I remember as a kid saying it, I remember thinking, Oh, that's great, he's a rugby league follower. But, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, How good's that? But um, yeah, he, he wasn't a rugby league follower, just a random costume guy put it on him one day, but it was great to see the uh kangaroo jersey uh, get a mention in that movie. But my four jerseys, uh, the first one I want to start with is Satsa's 1970 grand final jersey. It's, um, you know, it's obviously, you know, the year we beat Manly, it was our nineteenth title. We were also minor premiers that year and it's uh, obviously the year Sattler got, got belted um, by John Bucknell and had the broken jaw, but it was such an iconic jersey because half the rabbit got ripped off and, you know, in all of those photos and, and the jersey, I just think, typified how... Tough, ruthless, and bloody that game was. It's sort of, you know, the half-ripped rabbit was like Sats had a, his face half-ripped off with a, with a broken jaw. And it was just such an iconic uh, jersey in my memory uh, growing up. So the 1970 Sattler Grand Final jersey is, is my number one. Um, my number two is the 2019 Anzac jersey. Speaking of Anzac jerseys, I just thought it was one of our best ever Um had the sort of the red poppy hoops and on the sort of green, what looked like a hill on the jersey, and still looked like a South jersey, but just had a real Anzac theme about it. And it also had the names of every Rabbitoh, the 340 Rabbitohs that had served in World War One and World War Two. 177 um, first graders have served in in the armies in the in the Great Wars, and um, and 17 New South Wales reps from the Rabbitohs and 11. Internationals who played for the Rabbitohs, but also served in either World War One or World War Two. So it's a very proud history we've got with um, with Anzac. In fact, over ten percent of Rabideaus who players have played um, for the Rabbitohs have uh, served um, um, in in the army. So that's um, that's a that's an amazing stat. So that that jersey has significance not only because of the Anzac, but because of the Rabbitohs uh, association to. Uh, the Anzac spirit as well. So that's my second jersey. There.
2: If I can jump in there too, Shannon, that was obviously one of mine, so I thought I might just jump in on the mm. back of that. A, a truly magnificent jersey. I mean, and as you say, I mean, the players put this on and and is it anything more inspiring than the last post and the minute signs mm. and the national anthem on Anzac Day? Mm. Um and just the memory the the great memories we have I mean the memories for the family the people we lost in war um you know it, it must be very tough for them but the the tribute that we can give to our fallen soldiers and and the soldiers still alive yes obviously not many of them not as many as we'd love to have but to go out there and celebrate that on our jersey what we did that year was just was really really good and um yeah, the poppy one, just having the poppies there with the green. It, it, was, fantastic. it was fantastic.
3: And the players, the players appreciated it too, I know that. Yeah, it was a very special jersey. Um, the, my third jersey actually has just as much significance, I think, to our community, and that's – that's I can't let too much out of the bag, but our 2021 Indigenous jersey, um, it was developed – it tells a story. Like all Aboriginal artwork, That they tell a story. It's a way um, – Indigenous Indigenous Australians, Aboriginal people, pass down their stories and traditions is often through artwork and and our jersey this year, as have the, the the last few, told a story that's that's special to our Aboriginal community and this one was put together with Uncle Joe and kids from our, um the Rabbitohs traditional territory from sort of you know Redfern through to La Perouse, which is the the Galigal and the Bidjigal tribe. So we brought the kids together to work with Uncle Joe because. Uncle Joe saw it not only as developing the jersey, but teaching these kids about their story. So there's part of the Bidjigal story uh, for the Lapa kids that were involved, and part of the Gatigal story and the and the totems from there, two mobs. And I'm not going to let too much the, the cat out of the bag, but it's really meaningful, not only the jersey, but how it was developed and teaching the kids about their culture and about their mobs, um, you know, for the last 40,000 years in developing the jersey. So it wasn't just... Um, Joe developing it, the artwork, but it was taking the kids along the journey and teaching them mm. along the way. So it's a very special jersey. This 2021 jersey, Indigenous uh, round jersey, is going to be very, very special. Um, and then my final one's a bit bit more commercial, but I just loved it. It was, it was so much fun. It was our first ever Superman jersey in 2013. The House of L, the Man of Steel jersey, um, the big S on the front Um Russell had been in the movie and it just was just really fitting. And we didn't – most times when we're going to launch a jersey, we tell a big story about it first and launch it. But the players just ran out in it. And everybody – was the first time we'd done a, a really big themed jersey. And I, I still remember all the, the members and the fans running up the aisles to the merchandise yeah. stores to get it because they're like, <laughs> holy hell, what is this yeah. thing? It was amazing. And it just sold like, like – Wildfire, and uh, it was really, really popular. We did a few after. We did them from about five of them, actually, from 2013 to 2017, but the first ever one yeah. was a cracker, sold like gangbusters, and it was just a it was a novelty that our, our members and fans really love. So they're my four. Satsa's 1970 jersey, the 2019 Anzac, uh, this year 2021's Indigenous jersey, and the first ever um, Superman jersey in 2013.
1: Uh, very good. Some very good nominations there. L.O.?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Shannon's had a couple of mine there, so my, my list is, uh, yeah, thanks, but
3: <laughs> I can't read your writing, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> <Significant name.
2: laughs> I think I think a real significant one for me was the minty jersey. Yeah. Um, when I came into playing SG Ball and then Jersey Flag Presidents Cup and then debuting in first grade, that was the, the jersey that we wore. And that was, as I say, your, your debut jersey, you always remember that. But... It was significant that that we speak about it now. Everyone knows what the mini jersey was. Mm. Obviously, Don Lane with his with his association the club back in the in the late seventies, early eighties was was you know, significant, mm. and he had a big you know, to do in um, in putting that jersey out there. I think we changed the song for a little while. Not cheer, sure. Cheer, cheer for. Something like that. I can't. Remember. Something to do with Minties. <laughs> <laughs> it's a few jokes about Minties, but yes, yeah. But no. it, I think it's 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 obviously a part of our history, and everyone remembers it. Um, uh, so yeah, that that was that's one of the the iconic jerseys. Um, the other one for me was um, centenary test jersey that the Australian team oh, wore yeah. at, uh, at the SCG. I think two thousand and eight. I think yes, yeah, yeah, it was, and it had special significance for for me that night one was that great try that greg Inglis scored or well, set, yeah, set up that yes yeah. set up sorry he did he did that's set up said yeah. the other week everyone thinks it's greg's did try right, but oh, it was actually yeah. gesney yeah. that yeah. scored it like he's got that iconic jersey on he dives over the dead ball line yeah. in front of the iconic member stand yeah. at the iconic scg yeah uh, Puts the ball back into play. And I can't remember, who scored it? Gasnier, Gaznia. Yeah, there you go. So memorable moments, but it was also the day that one of the magnificent coaches of, of all yeah. time passed away. And the great Jack Gibson. Yes, bro, yes, And, uh, Jack had coached me when I was at Cronulla and, um, you know, I learned a lot about rugby league from Jack and just a lot about, um, uh, you know, life in general. Um, yeah, you know, he was I was lucky to have had, you know, him in my life for a couple of years in, in that capacity and uh it was a really sad night but you know, for the game. Mm. But that iconic jersey just resonates in my mind and, and everything that happened that night was, was amazing. You know, yeah. It just seemed it just seemed apt that such a memorable event occurred on the field for, for the, the death of such a memorable yeah. memorable coach of Yeah, I do remember team. that um you know that poppy jersey it just gets me back like this this is one of the the great 5 minutes of every season mm. is the lead up to an Anzac Day clash yes um i mean we only used to really get it with the St George and the and the Roosters clash on on the traditional Anzac Day mm. clash but i um, you know i remember that game at the old Sydney Football Stadium mm. and Blah blah blah, but now this week we can celebrate it, and our ANZAC jersey is always good. It's always significant. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, Shannon, Shannon, to they are the two that that know, yeah, outside of Shannon's. I yeah. normally
3: have I normally have ten, but I didn't. <laughs> <mind them. laughs> well, the significance of that minis jersey actually is quite interesting too, because apparently Don Lane developed it to broaden the appeal of the Rabbitohs, particularly with the Italian community. He wanted it to. Um, to appeal you weren't to the enough. Community. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, wasn't in that. I was going to say, it's actually, you know, maybe that's why my family started um, supporting the Rabbitohs when we yeah, were young. Yeah. and So you can blame Don Lane, Ella, um, for bringing in all us Italians. We're, we're like Rust. We get in everywhere. Where well, there's, there's lots of us and you can't shake us. We're, we're Rabbitohs for life, mate. Actually, uh, I might just
2: jump in, Jez. Yeah.
3: The, the jerseys we had for our
2: first home and away games this season, Oh with, yeah, with the the names of the members and that have supported us, the thank you, you know, jersey, yeah, the yeah. thank you jersey, yeah, they're, they're significant too, special, aren't they? Uh, that that signify such a a crippling year for the yeah. for the world, you know, and we're just saying thanks to the to those people. Probably the other one, the one. We wore when We came back into the competition. Yeah. The TV week, wasn't it, Yeah, from memory? Yes. Yep. We've still well, got a few of them left out in the, in
3: the back. <laughs> I did my but best. Then, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's just off the top of my head, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's just seven off the top of your head. Yeah. Well done, Ella. <laughs> well done. You've done it again.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I took a bit of a different uh, tact with it all, but um, I'll just whip through these quickly. For me, iconic jerseys, the yellow jersey in the Tour de France, it just signals winning – um, yellow's my favorite color because I'm colorblind it's the only color I can see um, and it was made famous by the great Lance Armstrong so. Yes. Am I allowed to say that? Or,
3: no, that I, don't I don't know. <laughs> so, well, this
1: is the next question. <laughs> yeah, great. yeah well, that's <laughs> exactly right. That's right. But the, the yellow jersey, it signifies winning and, and uh, it's, got pre- <laughs> <laughs> it's got prestige about it. The, 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 the next one of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I had was uh, the New Zealand All Blacks jersey. It's absolutely iconic, that black jersey. And I can only imagine how intimidating it is to be standing opposite those 15 players wearing those black jerseys while they're performing the Harker. It must be an amazing uh, amazing experience. So I've got the All Blacks jersey in there.
2: I think that one is what it means to them too. Oh, how, absolutely. How they've created the culture of that jersey across a nation yeah. over many years. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about we love putting the Rabbitoh jersey on. We know that. Mm. We've got a special significance within our club. Yeah. But I think the New Zealand... All black jersey yeah. has a significance across the nation.
1: Yeah, and it's so simple. You see so many sporting clubs and sporting organisations just go so outlandish mm. with, with some of their jerseys, but just that all black jersey, it just, it, as you say, it just brings that whole country together. Um quickly mentioned before, the Australian Kangaroos jersey. I reckon when you see someone wearing one overseas, you can spot it a mile away and uh, you know you're, you're there with friendly Aussies and uh, fellow Rugby League fans, so that's one of mine, and then my final one of course is just the Rabbitohs jersey. Nothing beats those Cardinal and Myrtle hoops, and it stood the test of time, 113 years, and um, Again, when you're travelling overseas or anywhere, you're watching a sporting event on TV, you can spot that random South Sky. And,
2: and yes. The, the other thing is it holds such significance that we never change it unless it's for a very, very good yeah. cause. And yeah. That's, that's one thing I love about our jersey. Yeah. well. Indeed. Uh, very good. Some good
1: jerseys there and uh, make sure you pop down to, as we said before, the merchandise store and grab your, uh, your Antac round jersey for 2021 this year. It is something different. It's definitely one for the collectors out there that collect their Rabbitohs jerseys. Now, Rabideaux Plus is a new initiative from the Rabideaus which provides everyday services for our members and supporters from travel deals to home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance and home loans. Rabideaus Plus has got you covered. So if you're in need of any of those sorts of services, make sure you jump online and visit plus.rabideaus.com. Dot, au and there's plenty of our members taking up the offers?
3: Certainly are, and my wife's actually one of them. She, she's getting the credit card. I'm a little bit nervous, but I but Just I, the one? Yeah. <laughs> I heard she's getting two. <laughs> you don't know about the other one. <laughs> I think the last two melted. They got overused. But, <laughs> but they are. It's, you know, one of the things I've said before that we're adamant when developing these products for our members, that they're at the most competitive rates and the best services, and, I, and I'm confident they are, are that all of the services there, you know, the travel, the credit cards, the loans, um, whatever it might be, the insurances. And, um, you know, I know that lots of the staff here are taking advantage of them because they're such good products. I know um, Blake's wife, Claire, she's also got the uh, rubber credit card. So hopefully... Her and Gab don't Don't catch up Otherwise <laughs> It could
2: be mayhem Down at East Gardens I'll make sure Raylene doesn't get one <laughs> yeah, East don't. Gardens You
1: don't go to East Gardens anymore Yes I do No I, 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 I mean, no, no That's right East Lakes I meant to say yeah, East, nah. Lakes, <laughs> no. East Lakes uh, East Lakes There's a Westfield Of all clues Isn't there uh, these days Please,
3: please. <laughs> Behind enemy lines Doing what I do For uh, the club Very good <laughs> He <laughs> still,
2: <laughs> shops, still shops At Wall Just yeah.
3: asking you. <laughs> the great thing about shop at Wollamaloo, no one pays. It's a bit of a mouthful, that.
0: Woolworths, Wollamaloo. Mate, Wollamaloo, tough
3: area. Honestly, we didn't have neighbours. We had witnesses.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very
1: good. Check out all those services at (laughs) plus.rabbitos.com.au. Now, last week in all the fun that we were having with Steve and Fenwick, I completely forgot to ask the next trivia question. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about it. It was good fun last week having a chat with Steve, and he had some great uh, some stories to tell, particularly that enthralling story about when he was uh, working in management at the Daily Telegraph during the period of when the Rabideaus were kicked out and that internal struggle that he was feeling wearing the black armband in the office and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So if any of our listeners haven't heard last week's episode yet, make sure you tune into episode eight and have a listen to to everything about Stephen Finnick there. But I thought I'd ask the question that I had planned for last week this week and it was that we had three proud South Sydney first grade players with us in the studio. What are the first grade player numbers of those three gentlemen? Now, of course, the first one was Mark Ellison, and his first grade player number is between 700 and 725. Then Steve was the next one. He made his debut after Ello, and his numbers between 750 and 775. And, of course, the great Shannon Donato, his first grade player number is between 850 and fifty and eight hundred. So we'll reveal those next week, and I hope you two would at least get one of those three right.
3: Well, I know one of them sort of finishes between 862 and 864. <laughs> <laughs> I know one of them's between that. So Inclusive there's a- or directly in between those two numbers? <laughs> yes, directly in between. So that's uh, one I can give you. Yeah, I can proudly good. give you.
1: Yeah, very good. So, um, yes, we will go through those answers next week. Now, of course, the Rabbitohs Podcast Network is proudly brought to you by What If. So if you're looking for your next epic holiday, a long weekend with mates, or you want to get up to the Gold Coast uh, this Friday to watch us take on the Titans, and it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. And because they're the official travel partner of the Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15, and you can save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply there, but what if it's Aussie for travel? And, Shannon, I believe there's a, a crew of your mates that might have taken advantage of that for the, the Titans game this weekend.
3: There certainly are, Jez. There's uh, just shy of 40 of us, actually. There's 38 um, Rabbitohs old boys and some some Willamaloo mates that I grew up with, uh, my brother Nathan, but also uh, the great Brad Dunn of... Uh, uh, a stalwart of the South Sydney area on the wharves out there representing all the good wharves. He's now at the, at the Emmy Way. I, so.
2: I had a quiet one with Brad after the game last Saturday night back at the, uh, at the juniors. I it's believe to he had him. a
3: beer with him, but there's no way it was a quiet <laughs> one. He did. Sit, he could talk for a straight. He took a glass eye to sleep. Honestly, <laughs> Brad Dunn, honestly, he, he'd get Panadol a headache. That's how <laughs> he goes on and on and on. Drives me mad, but a nice, nice enough guy. He's the great Brad Dunn. But yeah, so up there with, um, a, uh, a lot of Rabideaux's old boys, as I said. Duncan McRae will be there. Um, Doc, Sean Doherty played here at um, South in the lower grades. Uh, Another Shaw-
2: Champagne boy. Yes. I
3: yes. used to call Morris Brothers Page. Indeed. In the day. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, Manoa Thompson's going to be there. The Dimmick boys are going to be there. Uh, so it's going to be a great day with lots of old rabbitos. He you get
2: Jimmy on the drink during the game? So he <laughs> yeah. makes a few poor decisions up in the box. Yeah. Sure. So they will say, up their
3: interchange. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he said, I've got to catch up with you after the game. I said, mate, we're meeting at lunchtime. You're mad if you catch up with us <laughs> after the game. But uh, no, it'll be really good catching up with all the rabbitos and, and Willamaloo old boys. But yes, to go back to your point, Jeremy, we did use What If to, to book our travel. We got our 15% discount and um, we're all really looking forward to it.
1: Very, very good, yes. So visit whatif.com slash rabbitos. What if it is Aussie for travel? All right, Hello. it is time for your joke of the week. I've been looking forward to this.
2: Well, what happened the other day, Jez? I went into the wardrobe and pulled out a shirt and I put it on a trunk i said to Raylan, you've obviously put this in the dryer haven't you she said i said we need a new dryer she said i don't think it's the dryer that's tricking the clothes i think it's the refrigerator <laughs> 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 that's very good uh, i didn't I enjoyed laugh when it. she said it but it <laughs> was funny what i got it. <laughs>
1: uh, oh very good short and sharp i like it i like it Well, thank you for listening once again, everybody. Episode nine next week we hit the big double figures, ten episodes. Ooh. No one thought we'd get there, but uh, and we still haven't. We're seven <laughs> days away from it. Let's see. <laughs> let's see how we go over the next seven days. Can we celebrate
3: but, that something. Some yeah. I think we should. I think we should. Taking an egg roll.
1: Very good. <laughs> very good make sure if you've got any topic suggestions that you send them through to us via rabbitos.com.au slash podcast or on twitter using uh, at SSFC Rabbitos and the hashtag top four podcast please leave us a glowing review or, and a five star rating if you can it helps with our search engine on the podcast apps that you're listening to us through and don't forget to tune into our other podcasts, particularly the Rabbitos radio podcast the boys are doing a great job Chaps Mavo and Brownie, they've been doing some live shows at our games in the members bar after after the game which has been great fun and we've got all our player media and the Rabidos Insider, all plenty of podcast plenty of audio stuff for you to listen to on the Rabidos Podcast Network so just search for Rabbitohs Podcast Network on your podcast app and please subscribe or follow and of course we're brought to you by Audio Technica and presented by What If and another great episode gents, some good laughs and Particularly the chat about the jerseys, I enjoyed that. It was good to uh, remember some of the great jerseys that have been out there.
3: Indeed it was. And we're going to see another great one uh, be rolled out this weekend. So uh, keep an eye out for the 2021 Anzac jersey. Very good. Very good. Righto. We
0: will be back next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What If? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbit holes.